Welcome to Attitude, Knowledge, and Skill, the podcast outreach of AKS Firearms Instruction, addressing the essential needs of the whole shooter. Your host, Tom Bushy, addresses tips, tactics, and tantamount Second Amendment issues of the week. Class is now in session. Hello, everybody, and we are reviewing the week that was February 2nd, 2020. Today, we're going to check out the relationship between marine biology and safe shooting. We'll also look at the relationship between deception and tyranny. And just what are these things for anyway? Well, you know, uh, just yesterday, I was coaching a young lady at a range nearby and I was drawing attention to a motion she was making as she went from the compressed ready position to full extension. I think I've talked about this on this podcast before. Compressed ready is when your hands are are married together on the gun in front of you, right in the center of your chest, and you are just about to fully extend your arms into the isosceles stance, bringing that uh, the top of the gun, bringing the sights up under and into your line of sight. Well, what she was doing was making this arced motion from compressed ready to fully extended. If you can imagine uh, actually pointing the gunward up and then moving the gun up and then aiming the gun back down to bring it to the proper position in front of your eyes to line up your sight picture. Well, that that motion is called porpoising. And so when I, I drew that motion uh, to her attention and described it to her as porpoising, the lights suddenly went on. And her response was, when she visualized it, she could see it. I could see her imagining it in her head. And she goes, oh, is that why they call porpoises porpoises? I said, uh, just just give me the gun. Just give me the gun. Anyway, uh, it was a funny lights on moment. Uh, it didn't take long. She figured it out that there were pur- porpoises before there were guns. Uh, no matter what your view of uh, creation is, that would be uh, absolute. All right, well, on to less, uh, less lighthearted things. Uh, this time last week, uh, we had just finished watching the Super Bowl, one of the better Super Bowl games that uh, have been played in quite some time. Uh, as is typical with my life, I didn't actually get to settle in and, and resume watching it or start watching it until about halfway through the third quarter. But uh, that is my crazy life, me vida loca. Anyway, there was uh, an ad from uh, presidential candidate Mike Bloomberg that has gotten a lot of attention. And uh, there were uh, a couple things in this one-minute ad that were definitely noteworthy, a few things. One is his statistic that uh, 2,900 children die from gun violence every year. Well, he's getting that statistic from the gun control group called Every Town for Gun Safety. It just happens to be a group that is backed by Mike Bloomberg. So here we have Mike Bloomberg citing Mike Bloomberg as some kind of authority uh, on the matter. And uh, there's some problems with that statistic. One problem with that statistic is that uh, children in this report... 
qualify as anyone up to and including 19 years of age. Children would be anybody under the age of 20. So do you consider an 18 and a 19-year-old as children? Well, maybe if you're the, the child's parent or the 18 or 19-year-old parent, and of course, when we send them off to war, when they are 18 and 19 years old, we still think of them as our sons and our sons and our daughters, and you know the boys over there. Uh, so, yeah, in a sense, we consider them our children, but really, they're 18 and 19 years old. They are adults. So, if you if you modified that statistic to just include children as minors, 17 years old and under. That statistic, just with that change, goes down to uh, less than 1,500 children per year that are, uh, are killed uh, by the misuse of guns. That is about 1,500 children too many. Okay, we can, we can unite and lock arms on that no matter who you are and say, we don't want these 1,500 children to die for any reason, uh, especially not gun violence. Um, however, even more so, you realize, well, you don't realize until I tell you, and then you'll realize that uh, 40% of those deaths were suicide. Now, that many children uh, committing suicide is, is hardly something to, uh, to celebrate, but it puts a different twist on the statistic of 2,900 per year are killed by gun violence. Uh, certainly the intimation by citing that statistic is that uh, there are people or children going around killing each other or people killing children because of the uh, accessibility of guns. Uh, well, looking at the uh, modifications or the clarifications that I've just gone over, we realize that uh, that statistic is is not actually the problem. Then in this uh, one minute story, there is or this one minute ad. There's the story of George Kemp. Now the story, as it's shared in the one minute ad, is not much of a story. There's not that much time, but we have George Kemp's mother sitting on a porch uh, on her small home in uh, in suburban Texas or rural Texas. And uh, she says, uh, George was shot. George was her son. She talked about him being in a football, and that's what they really lived for was football. She said, George was shot. He didn't survive. That was the story. As, as she told it in that ad, that was the story. And then uh, she goes on to describe why she supports Mike Bloomberg. You know, he's going to uh, he's gonna stand up to the gun lobby and uh, push radical gun control. But we could look at the story of George, George Kemp. George was, um, George was murdered. The incident where he was murdered was defined by Texas Appeals Court as gang-related. Uh, the Appeals Court said two groups of young men, most of them teenagers, met that night for a fight. Two of them, one of them was Corey Coleman, had guns. And it was Coleman who shot George to death. Coleman is now serving a sentence of 34 years in prison. 
Now, Bloomberg, I suppose, is going to support laws that will make gang violence and illegally purchased weapons illegal. But those are illegal already, aren't they? This is the the never-ending quest for the the gun lobby and the gun-grabbing politicians to make you think that what you really need is government to make more laws to put more people under oppression. In fact, we're going to make so many laws that nobody can actually keep track of the laws that exist so that at any given moment, any given citizen, no matter how good they may appear, could be breaking a dozen laws at any one time. Well, I have news for you. Uh, There is a legal way to purchase guns, and there are illegal ways to purchase guns. And the gun that was used to murder George Kemp was very likely not purchased legally, and was certainly not carried legally, and was definitely not used legally. So if you want to make laws that make breaking laws against the law, I think that's already done by having the laws that are being broken in the first place. Clearly, these laws are not affecting things like gang members. They are not law-abiding citizens. They are not people that are going to say, whoops, guns are against the law. I'm too young to own a gun. I'm not going to carry one. It is the furthest thing from their mind. So there's uh, the deception of Mike Bloomberg and his Every Town for Gun Safety uh, Political Action Committee, or however you would classify that group. Now, speaking of tyranny, we have more Virginia news. We just continue to keep track of Virginia because Virginia is leading the way, uh, but it's actually leading the wrong way, of course. Uh, It's worth repeating that keeping track of Virginia, what happens is Virginia is really important for us all in the remaining 49 states because there are many other states currently and aggressively headed in the same direction as Virginia. So don't get caught complacent like the registered voters in Virginia did. They are trying to make up ground that they basically gave up themselves by not showing up on Election Day in November. Well, this week, the um, Virginia House Public Safety Committee passed HB 961, which is one of the big ones. There's an awful lot in that bill that is infringing upon the right of the citizen to keep and bear arms. One tiny bit of good news is that the the requirement in this bill for people who already legally own AR-15s, the requirement for them to register and acquire licenses to keep those AR-15s has been dropped, has been removed. Okay, so that's a little piece of good news, but there's enough left that um, it's not really all that good. One of the things that this bill does is ban assault weapons as the government defines them. The Virginia government has defined them in uh, many ways, among which are any firearm that has a fixed capacity of greater than 12 rounds or any firearm that accepts detachable magazines because of course you could always stick a magazine in there that could accept more than 12 rounds most of them do basically any pistol that looks like quote-unquote assault rifle uh, assault rifles would be banned it bans 
carrying certain loaded firearms in public areas. It bans silencers. It bans trigger activators, which would be like the bump stocks, a device that you can put on your semi-automatic uh, gun and have it act like an automatic gun. Uh, it bans high-capacity magazines of greater than 12 rounds. So if you have any of these things, you must, if you're in Virginia, you must get rid of them by, I believe it is, January 1st, the year 2021. When you read through this legislation, and I, as I did over a period of a couple of days, it's, it's kind of, you know, legalese talking, and it takes a little, a little time to sift through. But uh, in each of the sections in this bill, there appears a clause that reads like this. The provisions of this section shall not apply to any government officer, agent, or employee, or member of the armed services, armed forces of the United States, to the extent that such a person is otherwise authorized to acquire an assault firearm and does so while acting in the scope of his duties. So in other words, we the government get the guns, you the people do not. What does you the people fly in the face of? Well, it flies in the face of we the people. We the people that among other things established this Constitution of the United States of America to secure the blessings of liberty. They're establishing the United States, a government of, by, and for the people. We the people. Not we the government and you the people. That's tyranny. That's what we were established to uh, oppose, to defy. I was at the Great American uh, Outdoors show this week, and I saw a young man walking around with a shirt that said, Don't fear guns. Fear the government that fears your guns. And I gave him a big thumbs up. I thought that really sums up uh, why the Second Amendment was written. Nobody's really concerned about you hunting. Uh, no, we don't need 10 bullets to kill a deer, Governor Cuomo. But we need our guns to defend ourselves against individual oppressors and the oppressors of the tyrannical government that would seek to steal our freedom and our liberty away. We'll see you next week, or at least talk to you next week, here on Attitude, Knowledge, and Skill. This has been Attitude, Knowledge, and Skill, the podcast outreach of AKS Firearms Instruction. Find us on the net at aksfi.com and AKS Firearms Instruction on Facebook. Go to the show notes for links to streaming services that carry this podcast, and please consider subscribing. Thank you for listening. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed.